Welcome back to the Spiritually Intimate Conversations podcast. I am your host, Blair Dreesen. Today, I have a special guest and friend coming on and talking about a topic that I'm pumped about discussing because this is definitely an area that we have not explored on the show before. But when I started thinking about all the different topics that I wanted to talk about, this was one of the first things I I thought about and I immediately messaged our guest because I was like, you need to come on and talk about this. Um, So before I introduce our guest, Emma, and have her kind of share her story and who, what she's about, and we kind of dig into our topic, um, I'm going to share with you how I even met this wonderful soul that I have the honor of being friends with. So Emma and me met through when, so I know most of you guys know that when I very first started working online, I was a health and fitness in the health and fitness industry. And that's how I very first started coaching women. And through the company I was working through, that's how I met Emma. We um, live local to one another. We ended up working together on like basically a quarterly event that the company would run. And we started running the events together and we got, became very close. And then um, our husbands met on uh, a couple trips together and they just love each other. And it's just been a lot of fun. I know like our oldest uh, children are close in age as well. And they really hit it off when we got them together one time. Um, but ultimately Emma and me also, uh, we share a lot of things in common, but one of the things that I felt like we really connected on was that we were both single parents and we both were co-parenting with our children and the struggles that go along with co-parenting and just being a single parent and all of those things. And so as we were connecting on all these other things, coaching and helping with women in health and fitness, I felt like it was just like, we just naturally started talking a lot to each other about our struggles and the things that we were going through as moms and the co-parenting kind of ups and downs. So Emma, why don't you kind of just like share with everybody, like who you are, what you do, and kind of like a little bit about your story. Yeah, of course. Well, first, thank you for asking me to talk about this topic. I do think that it's can have a lot of misconstrued or just not really known of, you know, what to even get started with when you're in that situation of being a co-parent and a solo single mom. Um, I'm Emma Tressmore. I am 31 on Wednesday. Um, but my journey journey started back when I was 25. So I had my first very young, we were, I was actually out of wedlock, uh, and I was 21 and then I ended up getting married and I got pregnant with number two. And that is actually when my journey began as a single mom. So I, um, really dove into mindset. So when I had a kid at a young age, you know, you kind of, your mind switches, you're like, Oh, I need to be doing this and this. And you just kind of think more about what's going to benefit them. And so I started as a health and wellness coach, uh, as well. And that has transpired into being super passionate about mindset. Uh, you can't really do anything without a mindset. You know, it doesn't really matter how much you work out, how good you eat, whatever your mindset is so important. And, you know, we all know our gut is like our second brain. And so I fell in love with helping women in that sense. And this has just kind of transpired into now helping women in co-parenting and coaching them through, because I know you probably know 
uh, lawyers can get expensive. And oh, yeah. when you ask them questions, they charge you for it. <laughs> and so uh, I really wanted to be that kind of barrier or I guess support so that you know what to ask lawyers and things like that if you're in that situation or mediation, whatever, we can get into that. But um, yeah, so I have now been working and coaching for eight years. I've invested in trainings, uh, one particular guide culture, which actually helped a lot with communication and actually communication with co-parenting. I think that's a missing link is how mm. to communicate with the other parent, what's gonna be best for them. And especially if you are working with someone who, uh, can't communicate, it actually gives you more power to know how to communicate in a way that they will respond better. Um, because that was not something I was strong at. I would very much react versus respond. And um, yeah, so I think for me, now I have four kids. I'm, you know, have a blended family. And I don't think having and working on my own mindset would have helped me get to this place to be able to help women in their own, in their own journey. Um, because it can be scary. It can be unknown. And, uh, I've learned a lot going through my own experiences. And so I just think we all can learn from people's experiences, especially if you're open to it. Um, yeah. And like Blair said, we met through that and, you know, do did events and things like that. Um, but I think our, both of our real passions is in helping women thrive and win. And, um, yeah about me. <laughs> I love that. And I, I love the piece that you were really highlighting around communication because I mean that the interesting thing is right. Is that most obviously people are divorcing or separating, whether they were married together with their children or they weren't, they're usually the, a lot of the reason why they're probably not staying together. Probably, you know, there's a multitude of reasons, right. but there's usually a breakdown of communication somewhere between them and the other person. And it became very apparent when I started going through my divorce, how it's like the communication piece was almost even highlighted that much more. It started becoming like all the problems that we were having within the marriage almost imploded even that much more because now we were having to try to communicate with each other when we were angry with one another. Yeah. Right. And we're having to to be with this person. And then you're like, wait, but I still have to talk to you. Exactly. We were getting divorced for a reason, but Oh, that's just kidding. We're still going to have to communicate. Going to have to communicate, going to have to figure out a way to be reasonable with one another and try to find a way to co-parent that not only like it, that was the hard thing. It was like finding ways that it suited both of us, but understanding that it wasn't even really always about us. Right. It was about our kid and like Mm -hmm. how to still find ways to communicate and remember that. Yes. Taking your emotions away and just focusing on what's really going to be best for them, which can be hard when maybe you want something, but you know that it's not actually going to be serving your kid in the best way. Yeah. And I mean, I know like what you were saying with the mindset, right. Um, Mm -hmm. when I started working in health and fitness, you know, and started getting into personal growth and started working on my own mindset and much like you, I fell in love with the mindset. I think that was the thing that I was always actually teaching on or coming and speaking at events was always mindset because I Mm -hmm. felt like that was the cornerstone of everything, whether it was in your health and fitness, whether it was in growing a business, whether, and whether it was co-parenting or my marriage or being a parent, all of those things really were revolving around mindset growth. And 
I mean, can you take me into like how that had to have been for you? Because as I started working on myself, right, I was being able to better identify how to like, not like what you were saying, you know, not react how to respond better, how to take certain things into consideration, but then I'm still working with somebody who they're not in the same timeline as me, right? Like he's still responding in his way or reacting in his way. Yeah. So So, yeah. How do you navigate that? Yeah. So I would say, uh, something that I learned quickly is not to respond unless it had to do with the kids. He would reach out to me and try to kind of, you know, knock me down or still things that were obviously toxic for reasons of why I wasn't wanting to, and why I wanted to leave. And also there was infidelity in our relationship. So it was beyond that. And I had just kind of had enough of giving second chances. It was Mm -hmm. like six chances. So for me, it was more like, okay, I'm working with someone who one can't communicate that well, which fast forward six years now, we actually are in a great space now. I just want to say that it can get better. Um, but back then what I would do is I would only respond if it had to do with the kids. So pick up, drop off, uh, the time, you know, um, but that was another thing is the reason why a parenting plan for us, which I know isn't always the case for some people, but that's why it was really important for us to have a parenting plan because if not, it would get, leniency and then you Mm. let go and then they'll take a mile, you know? So you just have to also be aware that while yes, sometimes it can cost more money to have a parenting plan, you know, and so forth, it actually can help save you time and energy in the future because you have like, Oh no, like I can take you to contempt, you know, just things like that. Not that you want to, but it helps because it's important for the kids because if there's going to be wishy-washy schedules, well, the kids are like, oh, you know, my dad's going to come get me. Well, and then like, how is the kid going to feel? So it, again, it's not really about me and not, not, you know, having the time away from my kids. It was more for the accountability of these are your times with the kids and that's so that they know that that's when they're going to see you. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing that really helped was when I did want to respond <laughs> And I did have things I wanted to say, I would put them in a notes and I would just write it out and like, pretend like I was sending it because it's good to get those things out. It's not a bad thing to want to say what you want to say, but I think, you know, what we both know is it doesn't help the situation. Mm-hmm. It just kind of brings more angst and more anger and they get more ammo and things like that. And so while it might seem better in the moment, it, it won't in the long run, because then they have kind of stuff that they could bring up in the past or, you know, from the past. And of course, if they're not working on their mindset, but you are, you know, that your growth is going to be at a different space, like you said. And, and that was another thing I was really reading books with the mindset of, even if he's not going to do the work, I'm still going to do the work so that I can serve my kids better and have the answers for questions that they had you know, like they're still going to ask questions and they still had questions. And I actually remember the first time, um, my oldest, he, he was four, four when we, when we separated. So he was kind of, he was, he was aware. And I think he was maybe four and a half, five. And he was like, so like, why are you and dad not together anymore? And it like, honestly stopped me in my tracks. They have questions and you just aren't prepared yeah. But because I had read books and done the work myself. I was really glad he asked me And I just said, you know what, me and your dad are just happier as friends. And that's, you know, we just want to make sure that you're doing the best. And our main focus is you. While that may not have been the case, they don't need to know that, you know, he doesn't know. Um, And so it's, it's been helpful to know that you can have boundaries 
but you can also still respond in a good way. And sometimes not responding at all is the best way to yeah. respond. Yeah. Um, and I learned that too, because I used to be someone that would react and wanted to have the last word and, you know, all those things as you grow up, you learn again, aren't the best. And, um, and not to say that you don't matter and like your emotions and stuff don't matter, but there's people in your life that will listen to that and are better at responding to those things. And so I think that was my biggest thing was just knowing that I didn't have to respond um, and almost felt better. It almost gave me more control. Cause I think also in these moments, you don't feel like you have a lot of control. You feel very much like, Oh, well, you know, I have a parenting plan. I don't have control over this or whatever it may be. So it actually gives you a sense of control when it can kind of feel like you lack control in a situation. Yeah. All, all this is so good. I'm over here. If you see me, I'm like taking little like notes because you'll Yay. say something and I'm like, Ooh, yeah. And then I like, cause I was like, I want to come back to that. Cause yeah. there was a couple of things that you said that I was like, Ooh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And first, let me just say like what you had suggested, right? Like if you really need to respond, you're like, just write it out and you don't have to send it. That's like something I love giving as a, a, an assignment to my clients, yeah. right? When they're really processing something out, I'm like, just write a freaking hate letter. It doesn't yeah. have to go to that person, totally. right? But you need to be able to validate your feelings and you need to say what you need to say. And yeah. when you do it in a letter like that, where nobody else is going to hear you, or you don't really have to feel like you're ranting it out to somebody else. And yeah. You don't have to get into that kind of like sometimes that back and forth, right. Where somebody can almost start almost like amping you up more depending on who the person is, right. They might not have a more constructive conscious way of having the conversation, just letting you vent a hate yeah. letter can be so good. And then you just like burn it, release yes, it. And then it's just it. like, yeah. then you're like, ah, oh, okay. I got that off my chest. Like, so that you're yeah. at least validating yourself because I mean, yeah, our exes, right? Usually are very good at figuring out your triggers. They know what to say. Poke your buttons, man. Yeah. To poke the bear a little Mm -hmm. bit more. And I know my ex-husband was really good at it, right? He knew the exact things to say to make me chuck my phone and just be like, what the fuck? So mad. Yeah. Yeah. I get so, so mad. And so just like you, I think the best piece of advice I got, and I think it was from a judge, it might've been yeah. in the middle of when, in you the early part from our divorce, when we were sitting in front of a judge and, um, we were in there for not so great reasons. Cause things were getting really escalating really mm-hmm. bad between me and him. And he just said, he was like, don't even talk face to face anymore. Yeah. He's like, what it really needs to be done is you only communicate through text message or leave messages for each other. Like, don't even talk on the phone anymore. Oh, because- I'm really glad you said that. Actually, now that brings me in the beginning of my journey, my mm-hmm. parents actually did the drop off pickup Yeah, because like they were there at the house when the kids would get picked up and stuff, because I just, I knew he was going to start to start a fight or be like, Hey, can you talk? And like, I just didn't even want the availability of being accessible. So my parents did that for actually like six months. And then they're finally, okay, we need to like get back on with our life because it was time consuming, but that's so, it's so true. Like if you need to not see them, like find a third party Mm -hmm. or something that can help you in that situation because it will save you so much energy. Yeah. I mean, it was hard at first, right? Because not to get on the phone and just talk things out or to talk when we would see mm-hmm. each other. But we had to learn that both of us, he was just as angry. I was angry. I, we had to both validate that at the time we were not in, we could not talk to yeah. one another. And so it was like text messages, voice messages, or they were like, 
you know, if there's things that he needs to know, write it in a letter and then hand it to him when, you know, you guys are doing the exchange and then just don't say anything. And then the, also the good piece of advice in this, and it, it's, I don't want people to plan that this is going to happen, but if you're in a situation, like I know I was where things were getting really volatile with my ex, I needed to have, a, a, you know, um, kind of proof of mm-hmm. maybe some of the things to kind of show what was yes. going on before we were really finalizing things or getting our parenting plan in mm-hmm. place because things were escalating really bad. And so the judge was like this way, they know that they're leaving a message and they're putting it in text. So all of that is admissible in court. Yep. You know, everything else is hearsay. So yeah. if you keep everything dialogue that way, they can see dates of exchanges. They know then the time frames of which you're with the kid versus he's with the kid. All of that needs to be documented and text messages are the easiest way to do it. And it really is a lifesaver when you start going in and having lawyers involved and judges involved. Um, yeah. But and the other thing, else, oh, I was going to say with the, with the drop-off too, that I oh, found yeah. was helpful is they even said, especially if the kids are really little, sometimes yeah. what's easier is to do um, the drop-offs where like, you're never removing the kid from the other right. parent. So it doesn't yes. feel like the other parent is taking them away. You're yes. going and dropping them off with the other parent. And then you're being like here. I'm So it shows the kid, like my mom's taking me to my dad. And then my dad is mm. bringing me back well, to my that. mom. Right. So we it never feels like, yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's always the opposite. So it never feels like they're being removed out. And it actually yeah. can better help. Like if you find that your kid is having a lot of like meltdowns or feeling very anxious around the pickup yeah. and drop off schedules. Yeah. And now that they're in school, like we just do it through school, which is great. Cause like oh, yeah. you said, now it's just like, Oh, like, you know, you're on your dad's today. They're picking you up. Like, yep. and that's been very helpful. But another thing with the communication, because I will say we actually did go through a, a harder year. I actually did have the kids full time. He had visitation two days a week mm. um, and he's doing a lot better. He really, I, honestly, I really just wanted him to have the year to work on his mental health and he has proven to do that and he's really been showing up. But something that really helped in that season, because I did actually end up blocking them <laughs> via text, um, him and, and his wife now, because he's remarried and actually they just had number two on last week. So, um, was email. Um, because again, you have timestamps. Mm-hmm. If you're going to court, you can literally print it out or forward it. It was easier to forward to my lawyer, things like that. It was just, it made it so much easier. And then I realized like, I don't know why I hadn't been doing that because co-parenting is like a business. Yeah. It's not really a relationship. It's, it's literally a business. And so it really, when you email someone, you're sitting down, you're like, okay, I need to make this more professional. Uh, it could get used in court. And I think for them, if they're not in that mindset, it actually just like automatically switches to that mindset of, oh, I'm responding to an email. I need to look more professional, et cetera. And so that just actually has, was really helpful. I have since unblocked, like we text now and I, we only email if it's like with sports and things like that, or, you know, we get emails from sports. Um, But I think that's another thing is like your seasons are going to look different and that's okay. And be open to that. It's it evolves, not, you know, it's not a one size fit all. I think that's another thing and why I really am passionate about coaching women through their season and their journey, because no one's co-parenting journey looks identical. Of course, there's things that will help, but you know, everyone's is different. And so, um, and some people don't even get divorced, right? Some people, you know, had a kid and then they just separated and then co-parent in that sense. And so, 
Um, it can just look different for everyone, but I found email and they know they have apps like the my family wizard or whatever. We never use the apps, but I do know that that also helps because I think the court can actually like access all of the information and stuff on those apps. That's nice to hear that they have stuff like that available. Yeah. Cause mm-hmm. I mean, I know I think it's like a hundred for the year, but I'm like, Hey, huh. if it's going to save you time and you know, money and energy, I think. And then the courts can access it. I think that's a, a more for like serious situations, right? Mm-hmm. Like I did have to file for like, a you know, emergency restraint, like things like that. And yeah. it would have been maybe helpful, but yeah, past that. And I'm hopeful that we're, we're on the right track. Do better. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it is good to hear that though, because I think there are a lot of moms that maybe in the beginning, just like you, like me and my ex, it got really volatile very quickly mm-hmm. in the very beginning. Yeah. Um, it was not it was not very good. And just like you, I did, I had to file for an emergency Mm -hmm. restraining order, um, because things were getting really bad. And, and, and I can say that from there, like it, it definitely did improve. Um, and as my, you know, Carter was around the same age as yours, Mm -hmm. it was like, he was four or five, I think is when we, we separated Mm -hmm. And he's now going to be turning 20 and yeah, yeah, you're right. Like there's definitely seasons, right. In the very beginning, really, really hard. You know, once we got off that, over that hump, things definitely smoothed out, but then different things would re-trigger it. Right. Like when I started, you know, dating my now husband, that kind of, you know, elevated things when he was in another relationship before he, and then now his now wife, those two humps created more waves. Um, another person, like another person's involved. Yes. And they have an opinion or they know so-and-so who went through something. So they, you know, it's, it is, it, it does extend the dynamic a little bit. Yeah. It extends to like when you start getting into holiday seasons too, like I knew like my ex-husband would want to change because then it was like his new girlfriend, this was their new way of doing the holidays. So then he wanted to make the shifts to that way of the holidays and then a new, you know, his new wife. So those were lots of waves and things that we had to continue to kind of move through. And, um, I think, near the end, it, it started shifting into, but then how do I learn how to empower my kid, how to start navigating that and being able to be his own voice and letting him know that just because we have certain things in place, like how does he now get to feel like we're not the ones, the end all be all of always telling him this is where you are. And this is where you have to be like him Mm. feeling like he had decisions that he could make without cutting certain completely him, the the other parent out, right? Like he had to be able to express what was going on. And that was like a whole other level of trying to navigate. I love that you said this because this is something we tell my son all the time. Um, Me and my um, fiance, Andrew, he is always like, we want you to be you. We -hmm. don't want you doing things to impress us or your dad or like your mom. And that's something that I think just generally generationally, I grew up trying to impress my parents. And I don't think yeah. that that is anything to, you know, their lack, but I never had someone say, Hey, we want you to do what's going to be best for you. And we will always support you with whatever that is. And so we've really tried to reiterate that to him because he has said things like, well, I just want to make you you know, proud or, mm-hmm. you know, things like that, which is, I think a total kid instinct, especially when they've gone through a separation. And that's another thing is 
in our required divorce class that Washington State makes you take, they did say, they said, it doesn't really matter what happens. Kids just kind of think that it's their fault. Yeah. They just don't, it's not that you guys have ever said anything or done anything. They just, that's where a child development brain goes. And so that's been something we've really worked on, especially now. And just with these last two years and, you know, the state of the world, it's been really kind of eye-opening. Like, Hey, we want you to do what's best for you. We'll always support you, but don't be doing things just because we, you think we want you to do it, or we think you think we'll love you more. Like we will love you the most, no matter what. And I think that's just something to reiterate to your kids, because while you might be thinking it and you might think they know that, because it is something I kind of thought he knew. Um, it was actually Andrew and he comes from a blended family, which has been so helpful as well along my journey. Um, yeah, which they're... that's a funny thing too, because Kyle, my husband, he's from a blended family. And yes. so, and like you and me, like we had that coming in. We were like, oh, and I God, didn't have, because I didn't have well, that. I didn't so know he, either. Yeah. And so for me, like I would, there were times where I wanted to be more petty or I was like, ah, oh, no, like the kids, you know, and he's like, I understand that, but that's not what's going to be best for the kids. And I think you know that, but I just have to say it because I was the kid, you know? And so that was really helpful too. Mm-hmm. Like, okay that makes sense. Like I kind of got to just release my, my pride and my emotions here. Yeah. I think for me, how, where I went was I was too much the pleaser Mm. because my trauma response just naturally is I'm a fawn response. So I just go into like automatically trying to like, just to please everybody around me and diffuse the, 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 you know, the drama as quickly as possible. But what it ended up doing is sending this mixed message to my ex that he could, if he just pushed hard enough, I would eventually just kind of back off and just be like, fine, whatever. I, you know, I don't want to argue. It's going to make it harder on our child. So Mm -hmm. I'll just, you know, we'll just whatever. And then Kyle, my husband, he was always kind of like, you can't just let him bulldoze you all the time. Like there's going to have to be times where you're going to have to stand up for yourself. And I would be like, yeah, but I don't want to start an argument because then if I argue, then it's going to be, I didn't want the blowback to come Mm -hmm. on my kid. So it is that even there, right. It's like, for those of you that are listening, like, I mean, I know I definitely probably have my moments of feeling petty and definitely be like, well, I'm pissed. Right. Yeah. But you have to honor that you're going to flow probably between these two states of being that petty, angry state. And then probably like, I just don't want to create more waves. So I'm just going to let them, you know, And you're right. Actually, I was very much like that in the beginning as well. I think this last year, year and a half was when I started to have more of a backbone because Mm -hmm. Andrew would say the same thing and also releasing expectations too. Yeah. That was something for me. I always kind of was like, Oh, like, you know, X, Y, Z, he's like, you just kind of got to release those expectations, right? Like what's going to happen is going to happen. And, uh, you have too much hope in people. And I actually <laughs> learned that from a therapist, like way back in the day, she was like, wow, you really like are very hopeful. And so I was like, okay, like that, that makes sense. I can't, I can't expect people to act a certain way when those actions have never stayed consistent mm-hmm. um, for a long period of time. I think if they show a proof of, you know, consistency, then sure. You could probably start to build those expectations or whatever. But for me, it was just not, not the case. And it's hard to, when your kids have questions and you want to not throw them under the bus or anything, you still want to answer in like a mature way. And, and that's yeah. been also, um, yeah, uh, another thing that I've, again, another season that I've just discovered. So, right. Well, and I think that that's the thing is that ultimately we want to protect our kids and we don't want them to get upset because like what you're saying, right. Is we recognize on some level that they do start internalizing it and worrying that they did something wrong. And so I was always trying to buffer it so much so that he didn't feel like 
he was the cause of the argument or that he did something wrong. But I went so far for so long, almost buffering that by the time he started getting older, he'd never really seen a lot of the things that had really been going on between me and his dad. And so when there finally came the point where I was really allowing him to kind of be more, I don't want to say in control, but there was more things that he was kind of a part of. He was like, mom, why did you buffer all of this from me? Mm -hmm. Like, then he felt bad that he felt like I was buffering and taking the weight of things that I shouldn't have. And I'm like, I'm so grateful that my oldest is like, he's such an old soul and he's ridiculously sweet. I think ours are really similar in that sense. Yeah. I mean, he's amazing to have like to co-parent a child the the way he was, because he was just always so kind and understanding of all the dynamics, but yeah. I mean, it made me realize like, oh my God, like he, he was worried that I took on too much. And yeah. then he was like, I don't think you realize like I could have handled more. You didn't need to take all that on yourself. Yeah. And it's interesting to like, then have those conversations with your kids as they get older, you know, it's, it is. And, and even with, you know, my son being older, he does now, he does say things like that and he'll start to say things and I'm like, oh, okay you know, you're right. Or I don't know. I learn a lot. You learn a lot from your kids. You really do. If you really just sit yeah. and listen and allow yourself yeah. to listen to their perspective, they're so yeah. wise in a lot they, of ways. Like almost to the point where I'm like, wow, like, how are you? How are you mine? I'm like, <laughs> was not this wise at that age. I don't oh, that's get what it. I always said. I'm like, what? But it's really cool. I really, it makes also me feel, it makes you feel good as a parent to know that you are equipping them with tools. I think that's the biggest thing too, is just, I think for me going through a separation at such a young age, you know, not many people my age, one had two kids was already going through a divorce. I was like 25, 26, you know, a lot of my, yeah, that's around the age. I was just getting engaged or like dating. I don't know. But for me, I was like, okay, I'm not going to have my kids all the time. So how can I equip them with these tools? Like you said, to stand up for yourself or, you know, say what they need to say, because, it doesn't even matter if they're with their dad, like when they're in high school, you know, I think back to my high school experience, I didn't have the tools to do certain things. And so I just, you know, like we went on a walk the other night and we had a conversation I probably would have never had with my son at 10, but we did. And I don't know, it just, it really opens your eyes and, and, um, yeah. And, and again, I don't know if you have any book recommendations, but I did write down two that I wanted to share one was the four agreements, um, was very helpful for me at the beginning of my journey, because it talks about like your words and, um, you know, acceptance. And it's like four, literally four agreements. He has Mm -hmm. some other books, but there it's a really good read and very short read. And then also, um, conscious uncoupling is also another great book that they, she does recommend both read it. But again, that was the situation I was like, I don't care if he doesn't read it. I want to read it. So I know, Mm -hmm. and it's basically just like helping you have a better relationship after, you know, divorce or after separation and how to help your kids, um, you know, thrive and and be in that situation. Um, because it is, it's, it's, it's different. And again, we talk about being different, actually, that is something because I remember preschool, we had to make a family picture and I was like, Oh, you're probably the only one that has two families. And then that was, he was five. So that was another thing, you know, judgment, right? Judgment comes in, fear will kick in at an earlier age maybe. And so we've talked about being different and how much it's important to be different. You don't want to be the same as other people. If you're the same as someone else, 
that's not cool. And so just also just really talking about different is cool. And that's really what we kind of have a motto as in our family, because we're different. We're blended. We, you know, it's a different lifestyle and that's okay. Um, but sometimes it's not socially acceptable or socially accepted, you know, and whatever that looks like. And, um, so yeah, so we really have, uh, emphasized being different is cool in our house. I love that. I don't have any book recommendations because I, I feel like I should have probably read some books during those times, but I didn't, especially in the very beginning. It's so interesting because yeah. we were around the same age yeah. when we went through all of that, even though our age spread right now, um, like, but we were all, we were at the same time or same point in our life when we were going through a lot of these things. Um, what I always just recommend for parents, just in general, whether you're a single parent, whether you're co-parenting, whether you're, you know, happily married and yeah. with your kids is honestly like the best thing you can do in terms of like just conscious parenting in general is like working on yourself and doing your own inner child yes. healing work. When you're able to hold your own space for yourself and go through your own inner child work and being able to heal those own wounds that you've carried down from whether your own generational trauma or the trauma you experienced from growing up, because we all have trauma, we all do, yeah. um, we're better able to hold space for our children. And we're yeah. better able to guide them and support them and love them and give them what they need and break those, you know, those cycles of yeah. you know, trauma and the conditioning that essentially like doesn't really vulnerability, man. It's so important if with your kids, if you're not vulnerable with your kids, they, they might not take you seriously to be honest. Like I'll be a totally honest. I don't think like my parents are totally vulnerable with me now, but back in the day, I grew up in an area that you had to, well, what I thought had to be perfect. So actually to, for instance, I didn't leave my relationship probably earlier than I probably should have left earlier, but I was so worried about people's judgment. I grew up in the church. I grew up, you know, you know, divorce, whatever, but actually my pastor was divorced. And that was something that always stuck in my head. And I was like, okay, like he's open about it. He's very much like it wasn't a good relationship. And so I think for me, I was so worried about the people around me and what they were going to think that I just diminished what I should have done. And I'm very thankful that I kind of was just fed up and, and had to get away and needed to get out. But I think that is another thing. And maybe you're not co-parenting mm-hmm. yet, or maybe you're listening to this and you're mm-hmm. struggling with, you know, am I in a healthy relationship? Are we like, if you're working on stuff, every, both people have to be working on it. I remember when I was working on things, quote unquote, or we were working on things, quote unquote, I was still in therapy. Was he? No but that's okay. I was still doing the work for myself. And that felt good. If you know, you're doing all that you can, literally all that you can, and things are still not changing, you know, your answer. Yeah. I mean, it's really important to be able to get the type of support that you need. And that's obviously going to look different from everybody, Yes, but there's so many ways to get like support, whether that's, yeah, the the therapist or working with a mentor like yourself or, you know, reading some books or, you know, podcasts and different things. Like, is there podcasts and stuff too, that you have found? Not that I have in the, like in the past, it wasn't, um, I, I actually, hopefully. Well, I have one. I haven't started. I was going to say, Emma, this is maybe the sign that you just start the podcast. Cause that's what we need. Yeah, actually. So, it, so it, it's funny you say that. So, um, Andrew is starting a podcast, but we've talked about 
doing that as well. And having, I, I do have friends that have gone through similar situations like us and mm-hmm. having them come on and share as well. But I do like want couples to, together talking about it. Yeah. Couples or like blended families, like step parents or, you know, whatever, yes. bonus parents, however you want to say it, because I think that like, they have a great insight as well. And Andrew yes. has been a huge help and I don't know. I think there's also that missing, missing piece of, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, and even their stepmom has been an awesome, you know, part in their journey. So I just, it's, it is, it's been, yeah. So that I do have like a podcast. I just want to start actually creating episodes and I'm glad Blair asked me to do this. <laughs> I think it's a sign. No, but I also, I also really love one-on-one, which is why I started doing the coaching and mm-hmm. Um, really, again, that's just to help people and guide them either for a month or three months, like whatever that looks like for them. It's no, like everyone's system is different is what mm-hmm. I've kind of determined. Yeah. Um, and I did start an Instagram for that as well. So, um, just kind of sharing more value on it, uh, because, and Again, I'll put links for everything you guys, so yeah. you can find Emma, her personal yeah. business account, and then also your coaching account for your co-parenting. That'll yeah. be all in the show notes, you guys. And you can reach <laughs> out. We can chat, like chat, whatever, you know, if that's something you're interested in, but really, I just want people to know that they're supported and they're not alone because I think that is something that I did feel at the beginning was just oh, more yeah. alone and well, until I started opening up and talking about it and then more people were like, Oh, I, you know, I'm going through this or thinking about it. And, um, and, and again, also, I just want to say, I think because I grew up in the church, I was very much like, I don't want to like, you know, say divorce is the only way. And so if someone does reach out to me and they're like, Oh, I'm going to go through this. I'm like, well, have you exhausted all your options? Is it a healthy, like, is it, you know, mm-hmm. things like that? Because it's going to be hard either way. I think Blair and I both know that it's either going to be hard, whether you stay or hard, whether you decide to co-parent, but it gets easier and will get easier, whether it's a healthy relationship or whether it's a healthy co-parenting relationship. And so we just want you to know that you're supported and that you, uh, you, you, you deserve to be heard and validated. Yeah. I think that's definitely something, I mean, when I've worked with different clients that have been on this, they've been going through this and, either they're in it's struggling in their marriage and stuff like that, like in trying to decide what's right. And just like you, like, I'm never one to sit there and tell anybody Mm-mm. what they should do. I'm just yeah. always empowering women to get to like, what feels correct for you in your resources. situation mm-hmm. and what's the resources you'll need. And yeah. just know that like, I'll be here, whichever direction you want to go. Yes, to, like the judgment free zone. You know, yes. I always am like, I actually just had the, a one-on-one with one of my Um, clients earlier. And I was saying that to her, like, even if you get into like a free zone or Mm -hmm. whatever, just, just reach out. There's no judgment. Um, and I, again, I'm also another one she's, um, expecting. And similarly, she's like wanting to know more resources of, you know, custody and all that. And so it just, it's, it's really important to know that you're not going to be judged for whether you continue or you don't. And I think that's one of the bigger things that people worry about. I think what can be really nice about the services that you provide is that it does give that safe space for a woman to come and talk to you and, and work with you because like, I know, and like what you were saying is that sometimes we do, we feel very alone. And I really was super isolated when I was going through my divorce. Cause we had ended up before we went through the divorce, we had moved out of Washington state and went down to Nevada for work yeah. for him. And oh, so nice. when we went through our divorce, I'm literally 
states away from all my support system. I have no friends. Well, I did have friends. I shouldn't say that because if two of my friends <laughs> listened to this right now, they'd be like, Blair, you had us. Yeah. But I, really I, I want to say that too. I did have a few <laughs> like, friends. I even have. They were like, get out of bed. This is not you. Like, yeah. <laughs> you doing your work. I was like, okay. <laughs> but you feel alone, right? Like you yeah. definitely feel. And I was really uh, just like you. I was, you know, I was 25 ish. You know, nobody of my friends had kids. Nobody had been married. Nobody had been going through what I was going through. So I felt like nobody understood. My parents were married. They're still married. My sister at the time wasn't married, didn't have kids. So I'm like, nobody gets it. Everybody like no, well, and everyone has me. their opinion or not opinion, it, but they say things. And that's another thing is yeah, be cautious of who you talk to, yes. which is another reason why I wanted to offer these services. Because what I found is I would tell people things, but then you want to update them, but then that gets very draining because you don't want to always be talking about it. And yeah. so it's nice to have someone that's maybe been in those shoes in a way because yep. then you're not feeling like you have to update them with what everything that happened or this crazy text or, you know, whatever yeah. that may be, because people are going to ask, people want to know, and they just care. It's really just because they care, but it, you don't want to drain your energy, especially if you have kids, right? Like you yeah. want to make sure your energy is protected for them. And also for when you do have to like interact with someone who you maybe don't want to be interacting with. That's right. And cause you're also trying to transition into a massive new season of life of being yes. a single parent. That's like oh, that man. in and of itself, it has mm-hmm. a lot of shifts and changes and then trying to co-parent all those things. And I'm glad that you mentioned like being careful of who you talk to. Cause right. Everybody does have different perspectives. And I went the route of like, I talked to literally nobody, nobody knew what was going on. And me and my ex had a lot of mutual friends, right. Mm -hmm. Um, because we went to high school together. And so all of our friend base was basically all the same friends and he, he, his way of handling was to, you know, bash me to all of our friends. So then all of our friends were only getting his side not hearing Mm -hmm. my side, but that was just, I was like, I don't want to talk about him. I didn't want to make anybody else feel uncomfortable because I didn't want them picking sides between me or him. But then at times, yeah, it only made me feel more isolated. Mm -hmm. So it's like, I realized that at that time I didn't have anybody. So it's like having somebody like Emma to be able to reach out to and talk to you because it feels nice to have like a neutral space, right? Sometimes yeah. somebody that doesn't know your whole back history, exactly. they don't know all those things. Yes. They will say like, oh, you should do this. But then you're like in the back of your head, but like, but that's not going to serve him either. And while you don't necessarily always want, but it is about them winning. You know, I've always said, even if we don't have a good relationship, I want mm-hmm. my kids to have a good dad. Like I, I just yeah. want their dad to be healthy that's always and what I active. Wanted. And yeah, yeah, it's always what I've wanted and helped. And so I think that's like the biggest thing. But when you talk to someone who, maybe knows your past or maybe knows what they did or whatever it may be. It can be hard for them to have a neutral mindset because they care about you. They want to see you yeah. feeling good and protected. Um, but even though that's, you know, advice might not be the best serving of your kids, right? Cause they could yeah. be petty in a sense. And well, that might be fun and it might be fun to have those bitch fest. I don't know if we're allowed to swear. I'm assuming we're allowed to swear. Oh, dude, I swear all the fucking time. Okay. I'm like, you know, as long as you you can have those fests, but also just know that those, that energy doesn't really get anywhere. Yeah. Um, and that's why we talked about, you know, sending the text, burning it. Cause then it's not going to someone you can just write it, burn it and you're good. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like there's so many nuggets in here for everybody to like really take away, depending on no matter where they are in their journey. Even if, like you said, if there's, even if there's somebody who's maybe in that process of feeling like, 
you know, I've, I want to take that next step of, you know, divorce or breaking up with them, but they're scared. And I know like that for me too, was there was this fear that I had, like, I knew we needed to separate, but that yeah. whole fear of like, but what does well, that think, look know, like, like on the other side, you know, financially things yeah. come into play, you know, all, and that is something I will say, I was financially stable for myself. And a lot of women that I talked to, that's a, that's a huge piece of why maybe they aren't leaving. Like yeah. maybe they want to, and they know that that's what's best, but they're like, well, I don't know how I'm going to support my kid because he supports us or, you yeah. know, vice versa. And that can be really scary, but I yeah. do want to say there's resources. Your state will help you there. There are resources for solo parenting for a reason to help you get on your feet. It doesn't mean you have to have them forever. You shouldn't feel ashamed to have them. I've been on food stamps myself. Yeah. I've been Same on WIC. Here. Like there's things that you just have to do so that your kids, because if you're not feeling good, and that's another thing, child support, don't be afraid. Okay. Because I have not like, that is one thing that I think was always my thing is like, I don't want, you know, him to have to pay all this, whatever. Well, it's not really paying me. It's so that when I feel stable and good or whatever, my kids also feel stable and good. And it's for them to go to certain things and sports and whatever yeah. that looks like, you know? So, um, I think there's, like you said, the childhood trauma is releasing a lot of those things. And yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. Thank you for, for letting me speak on this is really fun. Yeah. I love this. I have to say with the child support thing, I was just like you, I was, that felt very uncomfortable so working uncomfortable. through the child support. And I know in the beginning, like one tip of advice I want to give you guys for this, because this was something that I'm so glad we finally sorted out in the beginning he didn't want it to be connected in the paperwork and it was just going to be like a deal between me and him. And then that didn't go very well. Right. And so once I finally got it in place, it then I learned that at least I, and I, I feel like this is all States, maybe you'll know, but I know in Washington state when I got Mm -hmm. it, cause I, we first established things in Nevada and because that's where our divorce oh, yeah. was. And then we moved to Washington. So a lot of things that that was a whole nother beast in and of itself, trying to switch everything over to another state. But the thing that really, um, I was like, oh my gosh, this makes so much sense is that when they apply child support to his paychecks, they apply it in before they remove, uh, or was it, what is that? Where before they re- remove taxes, they, they do it in a way that it supports him. So when their taxes come out, like it's actually a benefit to make sure See, that the so money, I don't think it's the same with Washington. That's why I was kind of like, ah, like, no, that was when know, I was he, in Washington state, but I can't oh, remember. I mean, it's been so long. I just I remember know. them saying like, it benefits him to have it go through his paychecks because of how oh, they yes. attach it to the paycheck right. mm-hmm. like and for tax purposes. Also, well, for tax. Yes. Because if they don't, um, legally, you know, amount to their portion of child support and you're the primary parent, you can claim the child for taxes and they can't. And so even though maybe you have like our plan says like, you know, he claims this person and, you know, I claim this person. Yeah. Well, it says also, well, if they're not up to date on child support, the primary parent can claim both. And then they like lack on that part. And so it does, Ah. it's better for them to have documentation of it so that they don't get. Yeah. So those are all things you guys that obviously like, you know, Emma can share with you and definitely mm-hmm. direct you in ways for every, you know, cause each state is different on yep. certain rules and regulations that they have. But again, that's why 
like Emma says, it's so important to have somebody that's probably been through the trenches. They kind of understand a lot. They can give you the emotional support, uh, emotional support on top of a lot of the educational support, because you're right. Like lawyers, my lawyers were not very emotionally supportive. I remember one of my, I've been through three, just so everyone. Yes. I was through like, I think three or four. And the last one that my parents finally were like, we're hiring the biggest ball buster we can hire. And he, I mean, he was ridiculously expensive. He took like an inheritance of mine that was left from my grandmother, um, just so I could afford this. But he was like one of the best divorce and family law lawyers of like the West coast or something. And he was from like New York and he had this very thick accent Mm -hmm. and I would come into his office and he was like something out of like a mob movie. He was like super hardcore. And he was like, do you have a pair of balls? And I was like, what? He's like, can you grow a pair of balls? And I'm like, I don't know if I can. And at that point, like I had just been so broken down through the I process. Know. I was like, yes. I don't think I can. He's like, well, you either need to grow a pair or borrow a pair because we can't have you acting like this when we're fighting all this. I'm like, okay. Oh like, my gosh, I, I love that. terrified of my lawyer. <laughs> But I'm You're like, this like, is what I needed at the I beginning. Know, this is what I need because if I'm terrified of you, yes. he'll be terrified of well, you. Well, that's the thing is I had I had lawyers that weren't advocating for me and my yeah. kids. They were more like, oh, yeah. you know, the, yeah. the and it was just it was hard. And now I'm just kind of like I feel like lawyers in general just kind of want your money sometimes. And like yeah. I, you know, we've you know been talking for 45 minutes. It's like if you were to have a conversation like this to your lawyer, they would charge you 300 dollars or 350. Yeah. Like it, it doesn't matter. That's like, you know, $200 for a 30 minute conversation or you email them and it's yep, like, you know, a hundred and it's just, and, and actually I was listening to, a, uh, I don't know if it was a podcast or a live someone did, but they were like, if you can eliminate the emotional side of messaging your lawyer, that yes. will save you so much money, which is why yes. I want to help. Like, okay, so this is your emotions. This is what you want to work on. How can you bring this up to your lawyer in a way that's going to keep it very minimal and short and sweet to the point? Because they also have lawyer brains. They don't really, like, they're different. They have a very, you know, different brain than some people and coaches and stuff. So, um, yeah, it's more just about advocating for yourself, helping you save energy and money. And um, it's been fun. I've really, you know, I also had to get over some things for myself to be able to open up to be able to help people through their journey. But now that I'm there, it, um, it's very rewarding. And I just love to help other people win in that sense. I love that so much. So Emma share with how, um, people can reach out to you and kind of start working with you and like what that even looks like. Yeah. So you can reach out to me on Instagram or you can send me an email. My email is Emma Chesmore fitness at gmail.com. I will put or, that down below in the show notes as well. Everything yeah. she says, you guys. <laughs> or uh, my, uh, my co-parenting account is grace and grit and then an underscore co-parenting. Um, and in there I have a form so you can fill that out if you would like just a few questions. So I kind of know where you're at in your journey. Um, something I want to say is that I'm only working with people who are already on their journey. I found that I, um, get invested in people who are deciding, and I really want to make sure that you are committed to the process, um, and not kind of going back and forth because, um, I want to respect your time and I want to respect my time. Uh, so it just serves everyone best. 
No. And I think that's, that's super, I'm, I'm glad that you said that to make things very clear and understandable. And I, and I'm sure that people can message you and kind of talk to you yes. and if they're kind of like sitting in that kind of in between state, right. I just won't take out. Yes. A I just client. won't yeah. work one-on-one until you've decided that that's the best option for you, but I will more than, I would love to direct resources. And honestly, you guys asking questions also helps me know what to serve for and mm. you know, what value to add that maybe more people, a lot of times people have similar questions. And so it just helps me know too publicly what I can share to, to add value. Cause that is something yeah. um, I also have. Yeah. I have free resources too. I did just create. So, um, I have a few things to help with like parenting plan and such and something also in the works. So, yeah, you guys are going to want to follow Emma regardless, even if, you know, like you were saying, even it, that's not the path that you go because a lot of the stuff that I know, like I've learned and I know Emma, you've learned, through this process really mm-hmm. has attributed to a lot of the other things that we do in terms of how we're supporting women and the type of yes. stuff that we're putting out there. It's yeah. because we went through, you know, the, our divorces, it was because That's we were single experience. parents and our experience and what we had to learn and overcome and what we had to grow mm-hmm. through. So I think that everybody, even just like, you know, even if you were listening to this podcast and you were taking in this information for somebody else, so you can be a better support system for somebody else. Yes. I love that. So take this information, share it with everybody, uh, share it with, you know, any of your friends or your moms, because the more too, that we can better support women in general and moms in general of how to communicate, whether that's yes. with their current spouse mm-hmm. or their ex, I yep. feel like this is really what's going to help navigate that change that we so need clearly collectively. There's a lot of yeah. communication yes. breakdown <laughs> yeah. right now that we're not, we're not being able to effectively communicate with one another. Yeah. And I think that's the biggest thing is I have learned how to communicate in a way to help the other parent see that it's a benefit for them. Um, because yeah. that's what I had to kind of learn to do. Um, and there was one other thing I wanted to say that I forgot, but that's okay. I was just like on my mind. Like, no, you go ahead and you say it. <laughs> well, I was, oh, I know I was, I, you were just saying something about the communication and, um, gosh, what was it? I honestly, it like, I literally was just going to say it. And then I just blanked. It's fine. I'll think of it, but I, and maybe I can message you and then you can put it in the show notes if I forget sure. or if I remember. Um, but, oh, it was about communication. Uh, and just, I guess, just really seeing the other person. I think if you just spin, there's just words you want to spin. I don't know. I just have learned to, oh, I wanted to say I'm always growing. That's another thing. I think okay. as a coach, just to know that I'm always still working on myself, mm-hmm. you know, working on how I can be a better communicator, a better parent, a better, you know, yeah, I mean, because to be honest, I'll not lie. I got engaged and I brought up a whole nother trigger system, yeah. you know, because in my past I was engaged for the wrong reasons and, you know, just to trust him or whatever it was. And so, you know, there were definitely things that I had to like talk to Andrew about. And so while you may not even be, you know, struggling with co-parenting, essentially, maybe you are dating now for the first time or, you know, wanting to know when to introduce your kids to that person. And that's something that I'm also I've been really passionate about. Again, everyone's different. I know people that introduce them right away. I waited like five or six months for my oldest. My youngest was like six months old. She would have never remembered. Um, but that was just something that I wanted to do. So again, I also really love to help people through, you know, that's the the whole dating again process too, can be a little bit of a trigger. So that's been, um, really fun too, to help people with. So 
Well, I love this. I feel like there's a multitude of ways that women can work with you and get support with you. Like we were saying, right. It might not be around the co-parenting piece. You might need somebody to better support you as you're trying to go out and date again or mm-hmm. integrate somebody a, a new love uh, into and my your fiance life. has wanted to help with that so if you are in that season and you are dating or you have someone in your kid's life and maybe they want to you know hear from a, another person that's in that space um he's also very passionate about helping be a good step parent and or yeah. whatever that looks like he's to serve so sweet them. yeah he's the best and my kids like him more than me so it's fine <laughs> It's fine. I picked him. I'm really glad. But yeah, they're like, you know, my oldest is like, I want um, one-on-one time with Andrew. I'm like, well, what about me? Am I chopped liver? Okay. That's great. I'm glad you love him. So, you know, it makes me happy. I love that so much. I think that you and me both, um, we got really, really blessed with the second dudes in our life. But you know why? It's because we did the work on ourselves. This is true. And this is very think, true. <laughs> you know, we would uh, have been open to that. I know I wouldn't have probably been open because I was still healing. Um, yeah. And he knew that. And he had to be, you know, open and willing to be patient. And, um, you know, and that's, that's also a huge blessing. So I, we did the work. And I think that's why these amazing men came into our life. <laughs> yes. And I love them to death. I'm, yeah. We definitely miss you guys. We're definitely going to see you. Before we move, we will yes. have to get together. For definitely sure. for sure. And the guys can get together. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, I love you so much. Thank you for saying yes to coming on the show and sharing all of this with me and talking everything out. Um, if you guys liked this episode, which I know you did, it was such a good one. Please, like I said, share it with your friends, share it online, make sure you tag me and tag Emma. I will have all of her information down below in the show notes. And I look forward to seeing you guys on the next episode.